Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Incredible Friday Fright Show. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where we provide a platform to inform, inspire, and motivate our listeners. Presenting you with amazing guests from entrepreneurs, authors, music artists, poets, and more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Man, I hope this, this week has been treating you kind. hope that it has started off on a great and a positive note for you guys. And if you didn't know, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. And a uh, big shout out to our um, sponsors on the shop in West Bank, um, on Marrero, Louisiana. Louisiana. So if you're ever in Marrero, Louisiana, definitely go and holler at my peak down at the shop on West Bank. They got the most amazing cooks from wings, pool tables, karaoke, and amazing daiquiris. Uh, so definitely go and support them also. And to our friends out in Kansas, uh, big shout out to Ambient Records with the awesome uh, CEO, um, Stephen Jerome Ferguson uh, represents out there. So he's going to actually have some guests coming, music guests um, coming through. So if you are a music artist, poet, uh, you name it, you want to put yourself together a, a CD, he is the man to get in contact with, ladies and gentlemen. And so nevertheless, uh, tonight, you guys, we got a new guest. And you guys know how much we love new guests over here on the show. Um, but tonight, you guys, we are welcoming author I.Y. Wade, you guys. And he's going to be coming on. And we're going to delve into um, his books tonight. He has some um, amazing books, uh, one entitled Warriors of the Wasteland. Um, 
um, another one entitled Interviewing God. And uh, man, I tell you, I've only um, connected with him probably for maybe a week or two, um, if not longer. But uh, when I tell you guys, this man is out here purely like hustling, uh, getting his grind on when it comes to putting his books out there, getting them in the hands of people from all over. He is doing it, ladies and gentlemen. And I love to see people who are passionate about what they're doing. Um, you know, they say, you know, the best passions comes from doing something that you love. Um, and you can definitely tell that he loves what he's doing. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about having him on the show this evening and for you guys as well as myself um, get to learn a little bit about IY tonight you guys and so don't forget um, if you're out there and anytime during the interview uh, maybe you have a question or comment or just want to call in and show them some love uh, feel free to do so the number is 347-326-9139 is the number you guys and so we're not going to uh, delay any longer we're going to bring the man of the hour on here so you guys can meet him yourself I why are you there? Uh yes I am. How are you, Bianca? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, I love the intro. Ha <laughs> ha. I feel special. <laughs> of course. Of course, of course. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you, and, thank uh, you. I'm, I'm excited and, to be on. I'm excited to be on. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, I remember um, actually coming across of you uh, from Mr. William Washington's page, and, and he was um, kind of uh, giving you an interview, and you were talking a little bit about your book, and uh, just the title and the titles themselves um, actually caught my attention, and I was like, man, I have to uh, get this guy on the show, and so uh, we made it happen, and so tonight, not only myself, um, but the listeners get an opportunity to get to know uh, the, the 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 creator behind these awesome books. So I definitely thank you for taking the time to join me. Thank you again. It's my pleasure. You know, I uh, shut down a little early tonight. I said I want to be on point. When tonight is the night, you know, you see seven o'clock on the dot. I'm right here. I'm locked in. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And so, of course, um, I wife, other folks out here, including myself, um, tell us a little bit um, about yourself. Okay, let me see. Where do I start? First of all, um, you know, my I, I got started, and in, in, in it's, it's a funny story. I, I'm going to go back to 2000. I was mm-hmm. what you would call a mid-level hustler in my community. Okay. So I was standing there speaking to a police officer from the local precinct, and another cop who knew me, he drove up in a police van, and he asked the officer, Officer Roberts, um, he asked the officer, do you know who you're speaking with? Officer Roberts looked at me and said, no, who, who, who am I talking to? The other officer, I don't recall his name, he told Officer Roberts, get in the van. A few days later when I saw Officer Roberts, he told me, I don't know about you from your past, but you should write a book. And that wow. right there just put the bug in, you know, the bug in my, uh, my pants, so to speak, the answer in my pants, and that's where Warriors of the Wasteland came from. Absolutely. And that, awesome. that's a semi-autobiographical read, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and, and doing and before that time, uh, doing what you were doing, uh, <laughs> being be that mid-level yeah. hustler. Um, did you ever? Did it ever cross you know your mind that man, I I got a few stories in, inside that I could share? Well, you know what? I mean, the funny thing is this, right? For me, no matter what I've done in my life, God has always given me signs or sent someone Mm -hmm. in my path to influence me. So, for instance, uh, in 1998, I was uh, 32 years old, and I was going back to take my GED after I had dropped out of school at the age of 15. So the teacher who was teaching the English course, she asked us to write an essay. We can choose our own topics. I chose freedom of speech, and I and, I, and um, what I did was I showed the pros and cons of freedom of speech. One of the cons being Hitler and how he influenced the German population or the German demographic to to mm-hmm. seek to exterminate the Jews. And right. the teacher came to me. She said, "You write so beautifully. How did you slip through the hands of your teachers?" Because I had been out of school for seventeen years at that point. And I actually dropped out of school when I was 15. Mm. Wow, yeah. You, yeah, so, so, yeah, it's kind No, I was going to ask you, um, do you think that uh, dropping out of school at, at such a young age, and I, and I know uh, through your bio you talked about how you were exposed to a lot uh, very early on, you know, from, from sex and, and drugs and violence and all of that. So do you believe that, Seeing all these different things transpire in your life also molded the type of person you became that at that particular time to the man that you are now. Well, well, let me see. Um, let's 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 start with the sex. Mm-hmm. As being being a being a young man or being, you know, I'll say a black man. Right. First, it made me. I don't want to say callous, right, but. It may be indifferent to women, whereas I learned to look at women as sex objects. And now now as a mature man, an adult, now I'm learning the mental of a woman, the psyche Mm -hmm. of a woman. As as a young man being exposed to sex at an early age and learning what women like from my homeboys (laughs) instead of (laughs) from women themselves, (laughs) you know? So, yes, so so I, I, I have become... I want to say apathetic or, or um, you know, so where if I broke up with a woman, the way I got over that relationship was go date 10 other women, you know, and it wasn't until I matured that I realized that, you know what, you're going to miss the good ones. Mm. You know, you find a good woman who, you know, women say ride or die. When you got a woman who's with you, when you're going through the struggle, she's like, don't worry about it, baby. We can cut the cable off. We're going to be all right. You miss those women. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, so as, as a man, I began to learn the difference between sex and intimacy. Mm. Now, so now with, with violence, mm, that's, 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 that's a little different. Yeah. Um, let me see. So now things, things affected me as, as a young boy that I had no idea until, until now as an, again, as a, as a man, right. I, I see that, unfortunately, I suffer from something well, I call it post-traumatic stress disorder, right? That mm-hmm. veterans that veterans go through. That's returning home from Afghanistan or Iraq. We right. grow up, whether you're in Mississippi, California, Kentucky, the Bronx, where I'm from, um, Dallas, Texas, Houston. 
We grow up with violence, and we don't understand that. Again, we become apathetic. We become callous to that. So violence becomes the norm for us. That's, you know, I'll say for me, violence became the norm for me. Oh, somebody said so-and-so, go get a gun. This is how we deal with this. There's no um, conflict resolution. Conflict resolution is violent, you know. And, and, I, and I still, unfortunately, I still have to pull myself back from mm. the edge sometime. Like, you know, right. I, I'll tell you what, a, a wake-up call for me, and I hope a lot of us brothers who are old enough to know better, is O.J. Simpson, because I do not want to be an old man in no one's jail. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's a wake-up yeah. call. You know? But, yeah, so violence and, and, and with the drugs... Uh, let's see. I was exposed to marijuana at the age of six years old. Wow. Okay. And by the time I was eight, I was buying loose joints. By the mm. time I was 11, I was buying nickel bags. By the time I was 14, half ounces. By the time I was 15, I was buying, I was buying angel dust, smoking angel dust, and sniffing cocaine. Wow. By the time I was 19, I was a crackhead. Or wow. crack addict, you know. I'll clean it up the radio, mm-hmm. you know. So and and yeah. you know, drugs again became the norm because it's mm-hmm. all about an environment. You know, you see it growing up, like okay, and and without becoming too preachy, I, I'm I'm a big I'm big on saying that perhaps marijuana can be a gateway drug. You don't have to go mm-hmm. to the extreme as heroin or cocaine or crack or methamphetamine, but these right. kids nowadays, marijuana is the gateway drug to Xanax. So they got cool names for it. Zanny, Perk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Oxy. Molly and all that, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, there you go. Listen, I forgot about yeah. Molly. Molly's for, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. I forgot Molly yeah. was the end thing a few years ago. Yeah. 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 So, so, yes, I was exposed to all of those things at an early age, Bianca. You know, like, wow. like in my book, Words of the Wasteland, my first, mm-hmm. let me see, the, the first incident, incident of violence that I remember is my friend, his mother's boyfriend, and his friend beat his mother to death in the alleyway. I was about eight years old. Wow. And, you know, it's like, wow, man, he, his mother's dad, and yeah, him and his sister got to move away. Mm. And then after that, uh, 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 a uh, Spanish elderly man or older man, you know, because I was a kid, three cars came driving by on my block, and it was three black men driving each car, three Corvettes. And we heard one single shot, pow, and the Spanish man crossed the street. I saw the, the blood start to spread out on his, white, on his white beater in a red spot, and he hit the ground, and his family just drug him into the house. Wow. You know? And, and without giving too much away, Again, the next, the, my, my next introduction into violence is hearing people getting killed for gazelle glasses, which were big in the 70s, and killed for sheepskin coats. You know, like, people were getting killed for items that cost $150 and went out of style the next year. You know, so these things, your environment molds you, sort of what we're seeing now in, in, in Chicago. What our brothers and sisters are going through over there, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. For you, 
having to deal with so much and and, and go through so much um, at an early age. Uh, when was that moment um, that you began to break away and actually see something different and want something different for your life than, than what you had recently been exposed to and had been exposing yourself to? I was blessed, you know, and, and you're going to hear me reference God a lot during this interview. Mm-hmm. I was 17 years old. It was 1984, and I'm dating myself. Yes, people, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I was walking past a recruiting station, and a light clicked on, joining the military. And I was 1984, and I believe it was God trying to spare me the onslaught, which was coming, which was in 1985. Crack just ravaged our neighborhoods, and I was in Germany, and I had no idea what crack was until I came home. So that was that was a bit of an aha moment. But again, me being young and reckless, I didn't take advantage of the military. In fact, when I was in the military, and all my friends were out on the streets, wilding out, as we say in New York, wilding out. I was <laughs> in the military, wilding out. You know, telling my my my. Uh, my sergeant, what I would and wouldn't do, you know. I'm in the army right. telling my, my, you know, my uh, superiors, I'm not doing this. And they're looking at me like you're crazy. In fact, when I was in Oklahoma, I got sent to a psychiatrist <laughs> for drinking really? soda. Nothing so They thought I must be saying, listen, you know you can't drink soda. You're drinking soda, you have a mental problem. You know, that's, that's how the army does with the head games. But, you know, yeah, I, I was just, you know, I um I didn't obey the rules, and I made it out of the military by the skin of my teeth. I actually had to beg my company commander not to give me a dishonorable discharge four months before I was to finish my commitment. Mm. But what happened was I ended up getting barred to reenlistment. I had to sign paperwork when I was 20 years old saying that I would never try to join another branch in the military again. Wow. Unbelievable. I know, wow. unbelievable. If I tell a story to you, it's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. During those moments, um, did you ever uh, that you did you ever feel yourself? You know, wow. You know, things are, are really starting to spiral out of control, or, or there's definitely some things um, going on with me. Did you ever have those moments, or did you use things around you to kind of, you know, self medicate um, and, and not really think about the things that were going on with you? Okay. Well. Unfortunately, you know, as much as my parents may have tried to do their mm-hmm. best to give me advice, right. I really didn't have any moral compass. Yeah. You know, as much as I was, I knew God or was aware of God. You know, I'm, I'm right. the streets. I'm, I'm a, I'm a functioning addict. Right. And when, I, when I came home from the military, I mean, like, wow, America was off the hook. Crack mm. and guns were the norm. Right. You know. It, yeah, so, so, so there was no reason for me to pull back. In fact, if I was going to survive when I came home from the military, I needed to escalate my level of violence in order to survive. Right. Basically order to go harder than you did before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I came yeah. home from the military and, you know, everybody's, hey, buddy, hey, what's going on, pal? And I came home, there was a plethora of new cons. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like your friends would set you up to get robbed or killed. 
You're like, wow, this is what it is? So you learn not to trust anyone. But you're, you're like me and my friends, and that's who you are in a circle. First, you, you, you can go, you can know someone for 20 years and not even know their name. That's one. Second, you would never know where they lived at. And that's what these kids today, they have a bit, a bit misconstrued. You know, like everything is on Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, and, and no, no, I'm not taking a shot at the younger generation. If any youngsters out there listening, how you doing? You know, this is just a, <laughs> a, a, a learning moment for you guys. You know, like we wouldn't even let people who aren't in a, in a circle know where we live at. Right. You know? So, but where, where did I start getting my, my morality from? Believe it or not, it was from being on the street where if you said the wrong thing or you did the wrong thing, there were consequences. So mm. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was trial by fire. You know, if, if, you caught someone, if you caught someone stealing, they got beat down. You know? And so, so he's like, wow, okay, so oh, stealing's bad. If, if you're running your mouth like, like me, you know, I don't want to tell too much of Boys of the Wasteland because it is semi-autobiographical. It's fact and fiction intertwined to make the story more interesting. Me, okay. And, and how, how clean? Can I, can I say a couple of dirty things on this? Or oh, can sure. I, I can, you can be free. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm, I'm in jail, and I'm running my mouth. I, this is my first time on a jail. You may have heard of it called Rikers Island. And it's yeah. 1988, right? And I'm in HDM. And I'm 22 years old. And I'm in there with people who are in there for kidnapping, murder, wow. rape, whatever. And I'm there with a drug charge, my first major drug charge. And I'm still like, happy-go-lucky. Right. So, so I say something about this guy having like, yo, you know, he stinks. And I said it to his friend. And his friend's like, yo, fuck you talking about you be stinking too now i'm 22 i'm in here with a bunch of killers and by the way right hcm was called house of detention for men but the inmates we called it house of dangerous murderers Ooh. so i tell this guy fuck you talking about suck my dick he's like what i said suck my dick me and him we got to fighting i, I knocked his tooth out but I still wasn't savage enough. I ran out of the day room and into my cell. And when he came to my cell, he had a shake in his hand. And oh, wow. I picked up my sheet. He's like, come outside. I'm like, well, you come in and get some. And I picked up mm. my sheet so I could wrap him up. And he reached out, cut me from behind my head over my eye. Mm. And my head opened up like a butterball turkey. And you can stick your fingers in and touch my skull. So now, oh these are lessons learned for me. This is why right. I'm in my rally. So after right. that, I stopped speaking to people for that. For, I had like a four-month stretch until I got bailed out. So now, mm-hmm. I kept to myself. And I only spoke to people who were older than me. I didn't laugh a joke. And mm-hmm. I exercised and got prepared for war. So that's, that's my moral compass came from the streets. See, I, I don't want to be long-winded, you know. Oh, yeah. But that's where my moral compass came from. It came from... From from um, purification by fire, for lack wow. of a better word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, of course, for you, um, the first book um, that you actually put out because you have two um, was the, the Warriors um, of the Wasteland. Of the Wasteland, yeah. So, and, yeah. Uh, with this particular book, because like I said, we don't give away uh, 
much of the book. So tell us um, a little bit about um, Warriors of the Wasteland. I know this is, um, uh, like you said, a story about a man um, growing up. Uh, basically, um, in America and the various things that he faces, and so um, introduce us uh, to to some of the characters that we're going to meet in this book. Okay, well, the 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 protagonist, the main character, his name is Lloyd Lord Atkins, and Lloyd okay. comes from from Lloyd. That's what his younger sister Bonnie started calling him because she had a hard time pronouncing his name. She was a young child, so. You know, the name Lord stuck with him. <laughs> um, so as he matures and while sex, drugs, and violence are constant in his life, there's another constant, which is God. He knows that God has always been keeping him for some reason. He only has to listen and obey, obey God. Second mm-hmm. is racism. He begins to see that black Americans through the civil rights movement, through all the drug dealing, through the riots, through the marching, we're still second-class citizens in our own country. And he starts out on a violent path to change that. He's like, listen to this. We're going to do what Malcolm X and the Black Panthers fail to do. We're going to galvanize black America, and we're going to change the face of America, or we're going to maim and murder till we do. He's like, we're going to make America look up, look, stand up and look at us as like, yo, black America is a force to be reckoned with. And, mm-hmm. and the kid's like, listen to this, you know, and again, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a novel. It's fact and fiction intertwined. Because, right. I mean, I don't, let, me, let me say before I put this out here, I'm not going to say that I'm an advocate for violence. Mm-hmm. But, but I will say this, that, I mean, especially if we look at the state of America now where Young black men, young black women, black children are being executed in the streets of America. Sometimes you wonder, like, what's our recourse? Right. And, and you know, and even in the book, you know, he, he, he's like, you know, you have the PLO, Palestine Liberation Organization. You have the IRA, the Irish Republican Army. Both of these were outlawed terrorist groups. But they just kept going until the English government recognized and the Irish government recognized the IRA and Israel and the United States and the rest of the world came to recognize the PLO, the Palestine Palestinian Liberation Organization. So, you know, again, I'm not advocating violence, you know, but um, so but Lord is like, listen, like what is it going to take first for black America to wake up? You know, because I'm going to say this, Bianca, and this is just mm-hmm. me. With yeah. all that ails, ails America, right? And this is going to, this is just, I mean, we're going to get some cat calls for this one. America <laughs> is a lot better than in some places in the world because we can criticize our president here. In some places in the world, you criticize their leaders, they drag you out the house in the middle of the night like they used right. to do us in the 40s, and they cut right. their head off. So right. at least we can march in the streets. So again, it's, it's, I would like black America, my people, who I love you so dearly because you support me overwhelmingly. We still need, we still have some ways to go. Something as simple as, and this is a big thorn in my, in, in, in my foot here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a thorn in my side, rather. With Colin Kaepernick, 
we still have brothers and sisters who are talking about the NFL. Like, listen right. to this. This black man took a knee for us, and because of that, he's lost his livelihood. And we don't have to go out into the streets and march. We don't have to riot. We don't have to go do sit-ins at Woolworth counters. All mm-hmm. we have to do, we don't even have to turn off our TVs completely. All right. we have to do is change the channel. Change the channel. That's it. Yep. Change yep. the channel. And yep. show America that, yes, we are unified. And, and, you know, and we can't get unified on that. And then we have our right counterparts who they'll march through the streets. They can get a rally together with tiki torches and neo Nazi mm-hmm. signs. Yeah. You know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> You cut me off whenever you want to, Beyonce, because I know. No, and, and I wanted to ask you, do you see that? Because a lot of people also reference back to the era where you had um, leaders such as Martin Luther King, who marched, Malcolm X, um, Jesse Jackson, all these different leaders who marched back in the day. Um, and there has been, you know, that discussion on that there isn't the same I guess power and authority within the black community today as it was back then, because for, do you think that we've lost that, that, that power that we kind of had back then where we actually, like you said, we, we held those protests and, and we made our statements known. Do you believe that now in 2018 majority of black people are kind of taking a back seat um, when it comes to, getting out here and, and making a stance against some of these injustices that are happening right around us? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, right? In my opinion, we were stagnated, let's say, from 85 to 2005. So that's, what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. We were stagnated because of the crack epidemic. Mm-hmm. That was chemical warfare at its best, whether it was self-imposed right. or as some theorists um, um, believe that, you know, the government brought into our communities, which, which, which could be, you know, which could be, which may be, right? So we lost a lot of our strong. So we have, we have crack epidemic, then simultaneously we have the AIDS epidemic, and then we have mass incarceration. So like that almost decimated all our kings and queens and warriors and soldiers. Right. You know? Absolutely. And so so now let's fast forward to goodness gracious. It's twenty eighteen now and I'm just gonna freestyle this one. Let's say twenty thirteen. Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Look at my people. We 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 shaking off the crack epidemic. You know, we're like, okay, you know, we're shaking off. We're like, okay, we've seen you incarcerate our brothers and our fathers and our sisters Mm -hmm. and our mothers. Okay, we're getting educated. We're getting jobs. And now what they say, we're woke right now. Black Lives Matter. So I see see a reemergence of that, 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 that that political fire, the political movement. I see it. We're almost there. And, and, and with, with the next generation, I think that we're just waiting for, for the match to strike, for it to catch fire across the country and for us to be unified. Like, listen, this, this is what it is. You know, because now we're becoming, we're still trying to, let me see, what's the word? And for me, right, I, I don't know if you see my, well, you've seen my post, like, 
Hashtag yeah. do lead. Hashtag right. do support. Right. And I do right. that purposely because I want my people to see that we do lead. We do support. We're gonna we're gonna shake that myth off. Yeah. You know, I like yeah, so but in answer to your question, Bianca, yes. I see a reemergence. And I think this is just the beginning, but we we have to stay strong and we have to stay focused because we haven't seen a lot of Black Lives Matter rallies in quite some time. Right. So that's that's what it, that's 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 what America does. It waits for us to to um get settled back right. in to go back to sleep. Right. You know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And for those folks uh, uh, out there who are just joining us, uh, you guys, we are on with Arthur I.Y. Wade, you guys, and we've been discussing um, his journey um, as well as his book, uh, Warriors of the Wasteland. We're going to get to his um, other book, Interviewing um, God, here shortly. Uh, But for you guys who are out there, um, if you have any questions or comments, I see a lot of you guys on the lines listening tonight. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, feel ca- free uh, to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Um, all you have to do is press 1 uh, to join the conversation, and I'll be happy to bring you in. Um, and to those of you, um, I know... On Facebook as well, uh, some of you guys like to inbox me, so go ahead and inbox me your questions um, at Bianca Fly on Facebook, and I'll be happy to ask those live here on the show tonight. And so we're going to go uh, to our first caller here, uh, area code 510, uh, last digits 9882. State your name and where you're calling from. Hi, this is Carrie. I'm calling from the Bay Area. How are you? I'm good, Carrie. How are you doing? What's up, oh, Carrie? Okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. We got a lot of smoke with all these fires. I know it. It's like everything is burning, so it's just like ah, we just went through this, but okay. Right, um, right. Um, wow, that's deep. <laughs> deep. So Be well out there, sister. You. Yes. Mhm. Oh, thank you. We're trying. Uh, so I was there for the '80s and the the drug epidemic and things like that. So my question for you is, how does your book? contribute to the the uprise or the encouragement for those who maybe aren't familiar with or who are getting that history lesson? Does it glorify what was happening at that time, or does your book encourage forward advancement, education, and moving forward forward strategies to uplift yourself and your people? Okay, well, well, well first I'll say this, right? My book is somewhat the antithesis of, of, of the, the, the hood books and no, not a shout out to hood books, you know, because the coldest winter mm-hmm. ever is one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. But you will see some similarities in my book to, to other books that are out there. But where my book mm-hmm. differentiates is that my book says, if, if I may read an excerpt from you, is that all right? Yeah. Okay. So it says, I begin to realize that racism is but a small part of what else black America. For me, the skinheads or other racist organizations are not our problems. For me, it's the banks, insurance companies, and car dealerships that participate in the practice of redlining. The companies that pay me less are doing the same job as my white counterparts or pass me over for promotions. But we have to accept responsibility for our shortcomings as well. Who should we blame for the 50 pair of sneakers, thousands of dollars worth of jewelry and no health insurance, a $60,000 car and no home, 
Who should we blame for black men not being fathers to our children? Who should we blame for our sons emulating thugs and pimps? Who should we blame for our daughters gauging the value of a man by the material things he possesses over his education? The answer to all of the above questions is us. Listen, if we're to keep placing blame at the feet of white America for our problems, then perhaps we should bestow the title of father, master, or God on them as well. If we're not ready to do that, then we must begin to hold ourselves accountable for the state that we're in. So in answer to your question, sister, while you will see the drug dealing, you will see the violence, you will see the sex in the book, it is a message of self-determination and empowerment. But I'll be honest, this is from a criminal's point of view. He's like, take a listen to this. If America don't mm-hmm. fall in line, we're going to burn America to the ground. That's the perspective that he's coming from. I don't want to give you too much of the book away. You know, I'd like you to buy it and, you know, get to the end of the book. And you'd be like, wow, this is a really different take. But, but um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, but, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is speaking about the drugs. And, yes, and I can admit as a young man and even until, until adulthood, I was a big part of that. But I still understand that. I have to take some responsibility for the state I'm in. Like I was telling Bianca, I dropped out of school when I was 15. And, and, and in my community, for those who don't know me, they'd be like, wow, you speak like you were in college. That's because I'm also a big advocate of education and reading. Not just my books, read. It's, it's, it's so ironic that America is one of the top three superpowers in the world but we're number 27 in literacy and education. Yeah. So um, did, did I answer your question somewhat, sister? If not, please, 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 um, you know, clarify. What, what, what would you like to know? So from what I get from what you said, your book is somewhat like uh, the cautionary tale that's within the coldest winter, for example. And that's the example that you gave. A lot of people miss the mark as far as the cautionary tale that, winter's life went through and instead they focused on the fun that she was having the game that she was running she got into and the things that she quote unquote got away with but they missed the the lesson that sister soldier was trying to give everyone in regards to the fact that fast money leads nowhere and that you eventually end up in jail and run down so if if i understand everything that you gave me your book is in that same light Yes, but, but, but again, my, my book, it goes into a different direction. But, yes, it, it touches on all those topics. Like, listen, this is not a, 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 a fantastic lifestyle. You know, there's, there's death, there's instruction, there's incarceration. But, again, in my book, this is where it takes a turn. It's like, okay, you know, yeah, we, we're criminals, and we're going to bring America to her knees. You know, so it's, 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 it's a novel again. It, but and and it's and it has I don't want to say it has a bit of an anti anti American sentiment sentiment and anti government sentiment. He's like, listen, there's black people. This is what it's going to take. We're going to do this. So it's a read, but it's it's a very controversial read. And it, and it, and some of the things going to make you say, wow, it is graphic, it is violent, it's sexually explicit, but again, it has a message about self determination. With the coldest winter ever, it was a cautionary tale. But in my book, it has a message of self-determination and self-empowerment. Like, listen, 
We have the highest rate of AIDS. We have the the highest rate of high school dropout, you know, dropout. So, like, listen, man, we got to get it together. I, I don't know about the Bay Area, but I come from the Bronx, New York, where we have, mm-hmm. I would say, less than 10% black-owned businesses. We're, 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 we're really, um, I don't want to say doing bad. We're, what's the word? Um, whew, we're, we're, black America and the Bronx, like, we're, we're, oh, God, I hate to say lost, but we have nothing. We have nothing. All of our supermarkets are owned by Hispanic brothers. All of our delis are owned by Arab brothers. The Chinese restaurant, we have our brothers from the Caribbean. They have their, their restaurants. Black Americans, we have, you know what we have? We have gold chains and sneakers and cars, you know? So that's just a cautionary tale, sister. But, again, he's like, listen, enough enough with the, the lack of a better word, with the nigga nonsense. Let's get it together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. 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 You okay? You okay, sister? I didn't come on too cool or abrasive. I hope you know. Forgive me. I just get a bit impassioned when I talk about the plight where we're at. And I don't know how is it in the Bay Area. Are there a lot of black-owned businesses in the Bay Area? Um, black-owned businesses are seeing an uptick. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what you said. What? I said black-owned businesses in the Bay Area are starting to see an uptick, if you will. It's still difficult because we don't tend to trust each other like we would trust someone else. But you are mm-hmm. starting to see a lot of entrepreneurship in Oakland for those of us that are, that are fighting to stay here um, because the the cost of living out here is just so ridiculous that a lot of people are being forced out. But um, you are starting to see an uptick of African-American-owned businesses, and um, especially with the, the natural hair revolution going for, for, for women and then um, just, you know, our clothing and our style and just, you know, black girl magic and, and being encouraged to embrace oh. yourself. So you are starting to see, like, an uptick of it if you will, but it, it's not happening fast enough. And then when you mention Colin Kaepernick, especially with that happening right here in the Bay, it's not where it needs to be because you still see, like, you know, my parents are diehard San Francisco fans. Um, we, in my household, my family is the San Francisco 49ers. That, that's the team that we've always supported. And with the mm-hmm. whole Colin Kaepernick, situation, you know, I asked my parents to turn off the television. You're asking my dad to cut off his air. So, yes, yeah, there, there's still more that needs to be done, but I mean, right. it's slowly but surely as we continue to have incidents happen where, like, just the other day with the Nia Wilson, the little girls getting off the bar right. train and this white man stabs her and her sister. So you're starting mm-hmm. to see little things happening no, here. Sorry. What, 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 what happening. that? I- I'm sorry. What incident was that? I'm not aware of that incident. What incident is that? Uh, this was less than two weeks ago. A young girl by the name of Nia Wilson and her sister mm-hmm. uh, Latifa, they were on the bar train, which is our um, our light rail system out here in the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. they were they got off of the train. According to the passengers, they didn't have any interactions with this white male, none whatsoever. As they're getting off the train, he turns around and he stabs both of the girls 
he he oh. cuts their necks. One of them, he kills the youngest uh, sister, and the other one oh. was in the hospital for a while. But this was an unprovoked oh. attack that gotcha. happened um, the Sunday before last. So, you know, you you have things like that, or the which wasn't as violent, but the woman calling the police on the man who's peacefully barbecuing at Lake Merrick, oh. and she's yeah. on the phone for two hours waiting for the police to come and, and until she could say that they were chasing her or whatever, the police didn't come because they got more important things to do. But, like, these type of things in, in the Internet, so it's starting to, to take a little bit of an uptick and people are starting to pay attention. But, again, you have Oscar Grant and that incident that happened some years ago. Things like that that are happening here in the Bay Area, they're just making people realize that, no, this is not something that just used to happen way back when. It is still happening today and is very prevalent, but what to do about it is where, you know, there's the, the disconnect. What are you going to do? Because in my mind, you know, I, I don't want to be a part of a, a a violent revolution, you know. No, that's not not that. That's not the conversation for me. But peaceful doesn't necessarily always get the attention of the people you need to get their attention. And then once you have their attention, what are they going to do with you? Because right now black folks are sitting and you have old school black folks who have been in the Bay Area since grandma, great-grandma, who they just passed the house on down, sitting on prime property that's worth millions of dollars, that they want you out of that property so that they can make their money off of it. So Mm -hmm. if anything, Mm -hmm. just the gentrification is just happening rampantly, horrifically, um, it, you, who in the Bay you want to say that yes all of these things can happen but it, it would take a lot more conversation and a lot more coming together and we're still getting back to the place where we can even trust each other right wow I agree sense. with you I, it makes wow. perfect sense with me Absolutely. Okay, but that's enough of me talking during your interview, so I'm just going to continue to listen. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for calling in, Carrie. Thank you for calling and, uh, in. I appreciate you. And, Thank and, you. And you. And you guys have to connect, um, Carrie. Carrie, she didn't say it, uh, but she is an awesome, awesome author uh, as well. Um, so make sure you guys uh, um, connect with uh, Carrie also uh, But thank you so much for calling in Carrie, definitely appreciate it Of course, of course. You know, I'm Thank you here. sister, thank you Yes, you're welcome back I'll have Bianca, you know, send me information Or vice versa, okay I will, okay. I will. Definitely. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. And um, of course, uh, for the folks who um, are tuned in, we are on with IY Wade, you guys, tonight. And uh, we have been discussing um, his life, uh, his journey, um, how the writing game got started for him, as well as his book, Warriors of the Wastelands. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break, um, but we're going to come back, you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about um, his second book entitled Interviewing God, you guys. And so, um, we also have some questions from Facebook um, that I'll be asking him um, also. So don't go anywhere, you guys. Stay tuned right here to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series one and two. Also author of the Devil's Calling Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy.
what do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com Hey y'all, it's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, and welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Bianca Fly, you guys. And this evening, you guys, we are talking to um, author I.Y. Wade, you guys. And so we have been discussing um, his book, Warriors um, of the Wasteland. And so tonight, we're going to um, also delve a little bit into his uh, second book entitled Interviewing God. And so um, uh, before we get into that, uh, well, uh, we're going to get into the book, and then I'm going to ask some of our questions uh, via Facebook. Um, so tell us a little bit about interviewing God. I know for um, a lot of people, um, the title in itself definitely catches them. And so this is actually um, a Christian <laughs> fiction. Uh, so you definitely did a different spin uh, from the first book. And so tell us a little about what led you um, to go into the lane of a Christian fiction. Okay. Wow. Um, well, first, the concept and inspiration came from God, you know. Um, you know, I, I did it so people would start the conversation about God, like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted to show our people that we can do more than just bang, bang, shoot them up, sex, drug. Right. So I said I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum. You know, um, I'm really working on being becoming a, uh, 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 a full-fledged writer or, or, or a well-rounded writer, so to speak, you know, where I can do 
this type of urban lit or Christian fiction. My next book I'm actually working on is a motivational book, you know. So, so, so yes, my inspiration was God. And I just wanted to go to the other end of the spectrum, Bianca. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for this, uh, tell us a little bit about um, the title in itself, Interviewing God. When people um, purchase this book, uh, what are they going to be in store for um, when they read this book? Wow. It's it's like I said, it's a a (laughs) spiritual roller coaster. Right now, the premise of the book is is, – the main character, John McKinnon, he's an atheist. And he's an atheist because of a tragedy that happened in his life. So he's summoned to God. He's summoned to heaven by God. And he and God get a chance to have conversation and gets a chance to ask God some questions. One of his first questions he asks God is, what am I doing here? I'm an atheist. I don't believe in you. And God tells him, in time it will all be, be revealed. Well, after some time, and he's taking through, through time, through the future, to the past, biblical past, medieval past, to the present, to the distant future. And God and the celestials tell him, the reason we're showing you these things and the reason we brought you here is we see mankind destroying the planet. We see them hunting God's creations into extinction. God tells John McKinnon, I'm going to wipe humanity from the face of the earth once again. But before I do, I'll give you an opportunity to tell me why mankind is redeemable. And in my book, Bianca, God is an ecologist, a conservationist, so to speak. God is like, listen, let's say we do away with war, poverty, racism, hunger, disease. God is like, you guys are still destroying the planet. You guys mm. are the pestilence. Mm. <laughs> With this book, because oftentimes, anytime, uh, as we see, uh, whether it's in a book, <clears throat> on social media, news, whatever, anytime there's um, a dialogue uh, when it comes to um, a, a book that deals with rela- religion or or people who don't believe, you always get the controversial um, aspect of it. Um, and so for you, did you kind of, uh, were you hesitant um, about this book and, and its subject matter? Or uh, was it one of those things you felt like, you know, hey, this is going to bring about some, some great conversation and some great dialogue um, amongst people? Um, well, I, I I thought that it would be, I was a bit naive. I, I, didn't, expect <laughs> the op- I didn't expect the opposition to, to, to the word God. Yeah. You know? but, <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, wow. People are like, you know, well, I get, I'm an atheist. I get, you know, I'm a naturalist or, you know, mm-hmm. another sister who did buy my book. She's in, you know, she, she's into the crystal thing. Which again, right. I'm no great theologist or theologian, so I don't. I'm not here to debate anyone's beliefs because I don't follow any particular denomination myself. I'm just a spiritual right. person. Right. But yes, I was very naive, Bianca. I feel like when I come out interviewing God, I'm going to have to hire security to beat the lines back. 
No, I know. Yes, a common, you know, uh, common thing I get from people is, why the white angel on the book? And I have to say, listen, brothers or sisters, that angel, that's a statue. That's a gray statue. I took that picture three years ago of a statue in my neighbor's yard, you know. And then I'll get from our Christian brothers and sisters, oh, I got my book. I got my Bible. So I said, well, well how about, let me ask you a question. Do you watch The Walking Dead or do you watch movies about vampires and zombies? We can watch all right. this or read all that. Or they even have a, 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 a show on Channel 5 called Lucifer. We can watch mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to something about God, all these holy rollers, and I'm not picking on any particular denomination, are so, right. you know, self-righteous. Oh, no, I got my Bible. Yeah, but you'll watch a movie about Satan. Can't read a book mm-hmm. about God. Right. You know, so, yeah, I, I was naive. I was naive, Bianca. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I hit Peter when I finished this. Get ready, penthouse. Here I come. <laughs> and it's not like that at all. <laughs> <clears throat> we actually uh, have a question from Demetria um, from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, coming from Facebook. Uh, she says, um, how have you managed not to go back uh, to your old lifestyle um, you had to prior to where you are today? So what keeps you going back? Because oftentimes, uh, we we have, have heard stories, and I've had people on the show who talk about um, a lifestyle that they lived early on, and sometimes um, people are able to go, and it's not to say that there's not going to be certain things that want to pull you back, um, but sometimes people fall back into that. What keeps you focused on not going back uh, to some of the things that you once were doing? Okay. First, God. Second, if I can be honest with you, yeah. I'm too goddamn old. You're <laughs> trying to walk around with some <laughs> some crack or anything. I'm too old for that right there. Third, which I want to stress to everyone out there, and I know perhaps most of your listeners there, they're mature, so they know, but this is for the young kids. Education. That's what, when I was... Back in 2000, I was selling crack. I had an auto body shop, and I would go to school from 8 to 3, and I would come out of school, sit in my auto body shop that hadn't yet opened yet, and I would do my homework and sell my crack. Now, I'm not glorifying it, but I was like, you know, but at some time when I got my education, I was eventually able to walk away from that. And when I say education, I went to technical school, and I became a welder. Mm. And that right there changed my life. And I was telling my friends in 2000, like, listen, guys, this is not going to last forever, but we got to do something else. And my crew was looking at me like, yeah, yo, school ain't for everybody. Well, and after to the the sister in Cleveland, you know, I often tell people, everybody wants to be LeBron. Everybody wants to be Kobe Bryant. Everybody wants to be Dwayne Wade or Steph Curry. Nobody wants to be in, 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 in no racist, uh, nothing racist intended, but nobody wants to be that old white man who's paying all freedom. 
swing, never mm. bounced a basketball in his life. Mm. He has an education. Wow. And he owns a team. And he pays all his salaries. You know, so, so, so that's what kept me going from going back. Just the one God, two, I'm too goddamn old, three education. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and of course, this one comes from uh, Sydney from Alabama. Uh, she says, "What do you believe will change um, the mentality that we see in some of our lo- black men uh, these days, where this wild, rambunctious lifestyle um, seems to entice them? What do you believe it will take uh, for them to see this is not the way to live their lives?" Um, first, maturity. They'll have to grow out of it. Second, they'll need more of people in in the spotlight to, to keep staying. And, and Sean, and also two people in our neighborhood, we need to see some black men. That's why I'm in the neighborhood, you know, and I'm like, listen, I came from a life of crime and I wrote two books. I'm trying to show these kids that they're going to be more than drug dealers, more than rappers, more than basketball players, you know? So, so, so one, maturity, and two, positive role models. Like, mm-hmm. we need to see those men who, those black men, because they're out there, who are in positions of power at Dell or Microsoft or in Hollywood. We need to see constant images of these people. As much as we see the drug dealers on TV or we see these um, reality shows where that's acting ratchet. We need mm-hmm. to see these shows where like, yo, man, blacks carry them. Yo, we're educated. We are educated. Mm-hmm. We're proud. You know, so that's what I believe it take. Um, maturity and positive role models that they get a chance to see and, and know that we don't have to sell drugs and we don't have to be rappers or athletes. We can get educated and live fantastic lives. Also, if I may, Bianca, one thing too, and let's start teaching our kids entrepreneurship. You know, we teach our mm-hmm. kids to get an education Absolutely. and get a job. Right. Our white counterparts teach their kids get an education and be a boss. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. It's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I was just having, <laughs> I was just having that conversation uh, with my mom uh, yesterday about that, about how the <clears throat> the upbringing process um, for black kids versus white kids are, is very much different. You know, um, they, they groom them in a certain way to be bosses, to to be some mm-hmm. what leaders, to be wealthy, to be successful, uh, to create successful generations, <laughs> you know. Yes. And so we, we you know, I, I'm definitely in agreement with that, that we definitely, definitely um, have to encourage that is also um, Derek from Chicago. Um, says, uh, I once was incarcerated, and it seems that individuals love to hold your past against you. Uh, what would be your words of encouragement Encouragement uh, when those moments come along? Uh, so for you, you know, we always have those people who 
you know, people are always going to remember the bad stuff you did, <laughs> you know, back in the day, like, you know, um, you know, and so for you, how do you push through that without allowing people to kind of leave that negative stigma on you? Um, let me say this first. What's his brother's name? Derek from Chicago? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, brother, first, you... I don't know how long you, you've been out of the system. You know, for me, I have roughly, I, I lost count. I, I have about 14 or 15 arrests. I've been on probation wow. three times. I have two felonies, two misdemeanors. And I haven't worked on this yet because I haven't needed to as of yet. But I have mm-hmm. friends, you know, most of my friends have been involved in the life of crime. And they get their record expunged. That's mm-hmm. one. Two, we're going to go back to education, Derek. Yeah. Really, I mean, and you know, when I was in school, you know, people would make fun of me. Oh, he's talking about school, school teacher's pet. And I'm a grown mm-hmm. man, and I'm trying to tell my friends, like, yo, listen, this is our ticket out of here. Derek, if you go get an education, whether it's in nursing, whatever it be, and I don't know what your record is, mine was drugs. You know, and when I went, when I went for certain jobs, yes, that came up. Not only did my criminal record came up, but my credit history came up. And I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to work in an office with money. I'm trying to work on, this was for uh, Metro North in New York. or, or yeah, It was Metro North. I'm like, I'm trying to work on the, on the tracks welding. What does my criminal or credit history have to do with that? So, yes, <laughs> it can be discouraging. But right. now, I don't know if you believe in God or not, Derek. I'm only telling you what got me through it. Right. You know, Galatians 4, 8, God said, now that you know me, how can you be content to serve someone else? So I keep in mind that God is the CEO of my corporation. So even when I'm working for someone else, I'm like, okay, God got me. I'm going to show up to work every day. I'm not going to show up on time. I'm going to show up early. You know, I, I believe it was Dr. Benjamin Mays that said, and, and, I, and I hope I'm getting his name right because this is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough's mentor, and he's like, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired, right? So now, so, you know, show up early, Derek. Be excellent because, one, as black men and black women, we can't afford to be less than anything excellent. So, yeah, right. it's your education. If you have faith, keep the faith in God. Show up every day, give 110%. But also, always get your education because, no matter what they try to hold against you, if you have those licenses or those certificates or those degrees, the ball is going to eventually roll around on you. So Derek got everything. So call Derek in. I love that. I love that. Um, this one comes from <clears throat> excuse me, Destiny uh, from Houston, Texas. She says, what other genres uh, would you like to write in? Okay. Um I haven't had time to finish this because I'm up to page 17 in my third book, you know, my motivational book. But my fourth book, I'm not going to give out the title, and it's going to be Young Adult, Young Adult Fantasy, you know. Okay. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm I'm Bianca, and to the listeners out there, like, I'm really doing it. (laughs) Yeah, listen, I'm I'm listening to this one, right? I'm going to be a great writer and also people. You know, and, and listen, I love my white brothers and sisters, my Hispanic brothers and sisters, Asian, all across the board. 
But listen, as black people, you my people, and I want to do you proud. Yeah. And I want to be an example for you and your children and be like, yo, listen to this, young brother. And I'll say again, I dropped out of school at 15, and I sold drugs most of my life. And I have numerous arrests. But you can do anything you want to if you put your mind to it. So, yes, that's my next. After my motivational book, I want to get into young adult fantasy. All right. Awesome. Okay. Um, my last question comes from Brian from San Diego. Um, what are some of the challenges um, about being an independent author, but let alone a black male author? So have you faced any challenges um, thus far uh, with, with getting out here, getting your book out here, connecting with people? Um. Okay, let's say in the past five weeks, I've sold about 500 books. I'm averaging about 100 books a week. This is what I'm selling at $12 a piece. Thank you very much. Thank you. God is great. Um, But one of the – so, like, I say 100 books a week, but for every one yes I get to sell my book, I get 70, 80 no's. Mm -hmm. My people walk by me Mm -hmm. and go spend their money other places. Right. My people to tell me, like I get some dude walking with his girl and his kids. Nah, I don't read money. <laughs> and first, <laughs> I to be. <laughs> and women too. Listen, women. I ain't men wow. that because women like. No, I don't read. No, no, I don't read. They think it's cute. They think it's funny. And at first, right. I should be offended. And 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 the uh, excuse my language, but the nigga in me be like, Yo, my man, they used to chop our hands because I, I'm, I'm a street nigga. Excuse yeah. me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, let me pull that back. I'm a guy from the streets. So that street side out comes, I'm like, yo, my man, he used to chop our hand off of that. But what, you know, like for us reading, we used to get our hands chopped off. They caught us with right. a book. And right. then you are in 2018. Nah, I don't need, I don't read money. Bopping down the block. So that's one of my biggest challenges. Getting my people, to so all you people out there on Facebook who say, how can I get the book? But I don't want to put the, Carrots and the cart in front of the horse because I know Bianca's going to get to this part. But listen, <laughs> you see the links on Facebook. If you see me on the corner, people, and, and my biggest thing is when I see a black business, I go out of my way to support. Right. Support. Support our dancers. Support our, 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 our music entertainers. You know, support our black clothing stores, our, our barbers. But again, I'm going to say this. We have, listen to this. Because if homeboy's cutting your hair and he ain't doing a, doing a great job until you find another black barber, go where you got to go. If sister's doing your hair and she ain't doing a great job until you find another beauty, beauty stylist, go where you got to go. You know, we have to be excellent black people. We got to hold ourselves because, yo, for real, we throwing that turnaround queen and king. Let's live up to that. That's right. Let's live up to that. Let's be right. excellent. <laughs> you know, but, but <laughs> absolutely, yeah, but I love it. My people, huh? You love it. Yeah, you know, because I and I definitely believe that, you know, because oftentimes we we always or, you know, you hear these conversations about um, I want to support black businesses and I and I want to support our people and do our things. But like you said, you know, you know, you have those points where people just pass you by um, and they rather go invest in something else that, you know, is going to be here today and gone tomorrow, Uh, whereas 
people don't often understand that, and I and I've understood it more and more um, the more I have interviewed authors and and, and music artists and, and whomever, is that a lot of times people are leaving legacies behind, not just for your mm. themselves, but for their children, your children, you know, your grandchildren. You know, like you said, yeah. you know, 15, 20 years late from now, you know, somebody's going to pick up this book like, man, did y'all read this book by by Awa? You know what I mean? Like, And, and so yeah. a lot of times people don't always think about that, um, you know, or just that seed that they sowed. Okay, man, I saw him on, on you know, near a grocery store or whatever, and I took that time to invest in him. Now look where he is. Now look at the platform where he's at. You know, so sometimes people don't always see the latter, you know, which is going to be your greater. And so you have to continue um, to invest and encourage yourself along the way. And as I see, you're always uh, connected with people. Uh, if you guys follow him on social media, you'll definitely see uh, that he connects with just about everybody uh, that he comes in contact with, which is awesome. And so um, at the end of the day, um, I, I, when people go and, and they meet you or they purchase your book, whether that's in person, through a website, what have you? What do you want? What is it that you your that you desire that people are able to take away when they read your work? Wow, um, emotion. I want you to feel something, whether it's uh, like, dislike, disdain. I want I want I want to make my words I, I want my words to make you emote. I want you to feel something. Whether it's anger or like wow, like like with words of the wasteland, I I wanna spark a fire. And and, and and if you're any other race besides, you know, African American or black, when you read Words of the Wasteland and you feel that it's controversial, I want you to confront me and I'll give you my truth. And you know, start dialogue. Like listen, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just black and white racism because a lot of cultures come to America and then look down on black Americans. Right, right. That's my truth. Absolutely. That's my truth. Yeah. And you don't have to agree with it, but that's my truth. As, as far as interviewing God, I'm going to be honest, I also want this to bring, to bring about some type of emotion, whether you believe in God or not. And again, this is a novel. It's, in my book, you know, God has a wife. Her name is Ashira the Word, and she's powerful. So this is fiction, but I'll be honest, when I wrote this book, it touched something deep inside of me where I became more aware of God, who I call God. And, and some people are like, oh, you're, you're worshiping some fantasy God, and I'm going to tell you a story really quick about me, Bianca. Mm-hmm. In 1986, I was in the Mojave Desert. I was in the military, and we were doing a nighttime exercise with no light. And I'm on the back of a truck. With the, with the canvas top over it, and I can't see me and a couple of other soldiers, and we have a driver and a sergeant in the front. And God said to me, stop the truck. So I start banging on the glass, telling the driver and the sergeant, stop the truck. They stopped the truck because they thought I was crazy. And when we got out and we walked 10 feet, there was a cliff. That's my God story for the night. Wow. Wow. So yes, I, I want my books. I want my books to touch you, readers. Feel mm-hmm. it. Feel my passion, my love, my rage, my my pain. Feel it. That's what yeah. I want, Bianca. 
All right. And, and speaking of feeling, we want them to be able to feel it. So tell the folks out here uh, where they could go to purchase um, your books. Okay. Well, right now I have one location that I've been at for quite some time for the past five weeks. If you're in New York, in the Bronx specifically, it's on 149th, 3rd Avenue in the Bronx. It's a popular uh, shopping area. It's not. And if you're in the Bay Area, you're in Cleveland, you're mm-hmm. in Chicago, stand up, people, I love it. You can go to my website, www.166publishing.com, or go to Amazon.com to purchase my book. They're on the Kindle, and the paperbacks will be up. I want to check Amazon because I was looking for the paperback today. Right? But you can go to my website and purchase either book. On Facebook, click on the link. I, I post it all the time. Just click on the link. It's easy. On Twitter or Instagram, click on the link in my bio. It'll take you right to my page. The books are inexpensive. They're $12 plus $4 shipping and handling, ladies and gentlemen. And I promise you, they're great reads and they're totally original. Again, that's www.166publishing.com. That's my website. Awesome, you guys. And so, uh, of course, um, in your opinion, for the folks out here um, who um, have had a similar upbringing such as yourself and have have faced different um, adversities in their life. What would be your words of encouragement uh, to those individuals who maybe they haven't yet recognized their gift? You know, for you, it was that moment uh, of you having a conversation and a police officer, you know, saying, hey, you know, you you need to be writing a book. Uh, Because a lot of times we're walking around and we don't realize what a magnificent gift we hold inside of us. Um, what would be your words of encouragement to those out here who may not know that they have a gift or maybe they're trying to find their gift? You know, I have this, I have this conversation with my brother Sweeper all the time. Okay, here's the thing for me. When I was 23 years old, I wanted to be a rapper. Um, at 26, I had a restaurant. At 34, I had an auto body shop. And now here I am at 51, and I'm a writer. What I'm saying is that as you evolve, your dreams change. Now, your gifts, some of us are lucky. We're Tiger Woods, we're three years old with a golf club, or we're Serena and Venus, and our father's channeling that energy and that gift. For For others of us, we stumbled across it like Steve Jobs, who dropped out of college, but just stayed and hung around some graphic design course or class, and that enabled him to come up with the software for Apple. Sometimes we stumble on our gift like me. Some police officer says, you should write a book. So you'll find it. Don't worry about it. And, and that thing, you'll know it's your gift because it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you think about mm-hmm. it, and it seems to serve yeah. to someone. It may be like, I want to make lollipops. And 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up and think, yo, that strawberry lemon lollipop would be great. That's your passion. And sometimes your passion doesn't have to be your gift. If your passion happens to be your gift, then you're truly blessed. For me, I'm blessed with, again, my passions, I've been blessed to where I'm a chameleon. 
Whatever I'm into, I'm into it 110%. So you'll, you'll, you'll find it. You'll find your gift. And if not your gift, you'll find your passion. And like my brother brought to my attention, sometimes you don't need a passion or a gift to be successful. Mm. You know, I worked construction. I'm, I'm, I made $120,000 a year, and I was successful. Was I happy? No. But was I successful? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And um, for you, <clears throat> who are some authors um, that uh, you thought that maybe I would love to write with them? Who are uh, some authors that, that you definitely would love to write with if you had the opportunity? Well, okay, here now we're into the murky waters because I, I really don't <laughs> read much. I really don't read much fiction, right? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, I just finished John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. Okay. You know, okay. and then before that, it was um, Catcher in the Rye. And then before that, it was Animal Farm because, again, I'm reading what white America says are great writers. And can I be honest? And no, not a shot at any writers. Mice and Men, okay. Catcher in the Rye, uh, Animal Farm, uh, Okay, so, um, but most of all, most I, I, I often read motivational books. This is probably why I speak the way I speak, because I read Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. I read Earl Nightingale, um, Joel Osteen, or I'll read something like the autobiography of Frederick Douglass or the autobiography of Malcolm X, or I'll read um, The Secret. You know, so this is this is what I spend my time doing, but I'm, I'm trying to loosen up. There's some writers that I've heard, like Wendy Alec, and the list goes on and on. Okay. So I, I, okay. I who would I who would I like to work with? I don't know because I'll be honest, Bianca. I want I want to be told like Bianca. I told you in my book, yeah. God has a wife. I, I think I hope that I'm one of the few writers who've given God a wife. You know. <laughs> so I I, I want to be totally original, like. You know, and like I said, I don't want to yeah. tell you the end of Boys the Wasteland, but when you read it, you be like, wow. You know, so <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't come across anyone yet. If I do, I'll, I'll let you know, like, yo, this, this person just blew me away. But, again, I always want to be original, Bianca. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 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 Definitely, definitely, definitely. And so, of course, uh, for the folks out here, um, who want to be able to connect with you as far as social media. Uh, give them your information and tell them how they can connect with you. Okay, for the older folks, I'm on Twitter, capital I dot, capital Y dot, Wade, W-A-D-E. For the rest of us on Facebook, the same as Twitter, capital I dot, capital Y dot, Wade, W-A-D-E. On Instagram, all lowercase, one word, I-Y Wade. For anyone that wants to email me, because I'm looking for you writers who are on the cutting edge. I'm looking for you guys. You know, even when I listen to music, I, I like to listen to something like, oh, this is different. So if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at 166publishing at gmail.com. The number is 166publishing at gmail.com. 
awesome, 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 awesome. And um, of course, you guys, please, please, please uh, make sure that you take the time to go and check out uh, Warriors of the Wasteland and Interviewing God. And uh, we are definitely looking forward uh, to having you back on because I know you, like you said, you're working on a motivational um, book as we speak as well um, as another one in the process. And so we would definitely uh, love to have you come back on and share with us um, and our listeners um, about your upcoming projects um, and all those great avenues. And so uh, you got any um, final words? the thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? Um, you know, just, just what I, I try to do as frequently as possible, which is to thank you guys for the support because I'll be honest, as an independent author and publishing publisher, sometimes the road gets hard. And sometimes I'm ready to, when that road that the young lady was asking about going back to, that mm-hmm. road is going back to construction, working for someone else. And I'm trying to remain my own boss to be a beacon of hope for my people. So I want to say thank you, guys. Your words of encouragement, those likes on Instagram, those likes and those posts on Facebook, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you guys definitely make sure you go and support um, Arthur I.Y. Wade. Um, I will definitely be putting um, his website information um, on the Beautiful Butterfly page on Facebook as well as the Bianca Fly page so that you guys um, may go and purchase um, his books and all of those great avenues. And, and also, um, make sure you leave um, him a review. Let him know what you thought about his book. Um, uh, hit him up. Email, inbox. Um, authors always love to know um, what uh, various readers thought about their books. Would so definitely show him some love in that avenue. And uh, we definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on here and share uh, yourself with us and our listeners tonight. And we hope you'll uh, come back and visit and talk with me again soon. Uh, it's my pleasure, Bianca. Thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to it since uh, we discussed me coming on. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You are welcome, and uh, you have a great rest of your evening, and I'll be talking with you again soon. Okay, Bianca, thank you. Thanks a lot, listeners. You're I appreciate welcome. you. Bye. Good night. All right, you guys, that was Arthur I.Y. Wade, you guys, the author of Warriors of the Wasteland and interviewing God, um, you guys. Uh, make sure you go and check out those books at www.166publishing.com. Um, and you guys can go and also connect with him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you guys. He is I.Y. Wade or 166publishing um, also. Uh, so big shouts out to him for coming on here. Um, I definitely appreciate all you guys uh, for coming on and listening to the show this evening. Uh, for your awesome questions, big shouts out to Carrie out in the Bay. Uh, you guys make sure you go and check out um, Carrie, the writer, on Facebook. Uh, she has a lot of awesome books um, that you guys definitely uh, should be reading, you guys. So with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I'm going to play an oldie but goodie. Um, and we're going to get ready to get out of here. But join us um, actually tomorrow. 
Uh, we're going to have music uh, singer, songwriter, and producer um, Elijah Bland. Um, he is coming from NYC, so he's going to be joining us tomorrow, um, and we're going to be talking about his music, uh, his career, his new family, um, also um, his motivation behind his amazing uh, wedding song that is being labeled as the wedding song of the year. So we're going to hear from Elijah Bland tomorrow, you guys, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And so you guys know I appreciate you and I love you and I uh, couldn't do it without you guys. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here. You guys have a great rest of your evening. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Have a good one.
to the rhythm of this song. My name is Alfie Schoen. Rock to the rhythm, the rhythm, the rhythm of the funky beat.